It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to quantum number 137. Ah, I guess. I'm sorry you're probably fed up hearing about this, but we do have to begin here. That you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this programme, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, mate, but not my no, own. No, 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 no. See you later. I'm being. Si- Sorry. Can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. That's Piers Morgan uh, walking off his incredibly popular breakfast show and resigning because of comments that he made about Meghan from the interview that Meghan and Harry, really Meghan, Harry tagged along at the end. Uh, with Oprah. An interview, by the way, that Oprah is charging, I I think it's $12 million for CBS and others to air. There's plenty of money to be made in celebrity. But Piers Morgan, by the way, uh, and and the reason I'm putting him there, I mean, he does appear. He's either engineered this or he does appear to have been cancelled. There were 40,000 complaints about him. And I just mention all of that not actually because I agree with what Piers Morgan said. I don't agree with that, actually. But I still think he's got the right to say it. I think many of the things he says, to be honest, I find quite uh, uh, obnoxious. He really uh, annoys in some ways. But I'm saying that because some people have actually compared me to Piers Morgan, which I don't take as a flattering one. He walked off, but as some of you will know, I'm going to do this story again. I was cancelled and accused of writing a racist and anti-Christian article. It's just been such a rough week. But I don't want to go into that. I want to just say something more about what this particular interview, that is the interview between Oprah and Meghan, uh, has to say about our culture. There is a conversation. Hold up. Hold up. There's Stop several right conver- now. There are several conversations There's a conversation it. with you. With Harry about how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. Ooh. And you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. Okay. You know, I think rather than use my own words, I'm going to use the words of Greg Sheridan, who in this morning's Australian, and and because it's behind a paywall, I, I don't think I can link to it. I may actually ask permission to copy and post it. It is just an extraordinary piece, uh, an extraordinary piece of writing. I'm going to read you some of it because I think it sums up very well where I'm at. Rarely have the sensitive viewers withers been wrung so much as by the heartbreaking spectacle of disadvantaged persecution and suffering revealed by the ace investigative journalist Oprah Winfrey this week. There in the slums of Santa Barbara, is a family forced to cower in their miserable nine-bedroom house, worth only a handful of royal dust at 15 million US dollars, trapped in the Monticetto ghetto, where more than 90% of the wealthy residents are white. 
That Harry and Meghan succeeded in garnering overwhelming sympathy from the US public and warm messages of support from the Joe Biden White House and the likes of Hillary Clinton shows how perfectly they have mastered the dynamics of celebrity culture. And by the way, that was the point of my articles. This is about celebrity culture, and we, we will come back to this. Sheridan later goes on to say, there's a serious dimension to this. Celebrity dynamics now dominate Western culture and increasingly Western politics in new and destructive ways. Harry and Meghan deployed the two most lethal weapons of political testimony, mental health and race. By the way, I was cancelled because I said that Meghan played the race card. <laughs> this is exactly what Sheridan is saying, and I think he's confirming. It goes without saying, he continues, that if Meghan really felt suicidal, she was entitled to proper medical and emotional help. She and Harry blame the palace for refusing it to her. But surely if Harry failed to summon medical assistance in a life-threatening situation for his wife, he's not quite as heroic as Bill. Of course, it's silly to invade the emotionalism of celebrity strip poker with either logic or facts. Now, they protect their privacy with tell-all television interviews. This one was watched at first cut by 60 million people. Their earning power in the US will now be stratospheric. And later on, going to deal with the, the racism and the charge that the UK is racist. And by the way, it's no one, this, this was TV made for America, in America, by America, using ex-royalty, if you like, just to satisfy that, I, I call it celebrity porn. Sheridan goes on to say, Britain surely has its faults. As an Australian, insanely proud of my Irish heritage, I can enumerate these at length. But there would hardly be a society anywhere in the world less racist than contemporary Britain. Racial intermarriage rates are very high. The government is ethnically diverse. The mayor of London is a Muslim and so on. Show me a notably less racist society. But the dynamics of celebrity have now embraced the truly toxic doctrine that all Western societies, especially the US and Britain, are irredeemably racist. So Harry and Meghan against all expectations, have actually done something politi politically significant and wholly destructive. They've helped turn celebrity culture against the Western project. Brilliant. And watch this space. This is going to continue. So were you thinking of harming yourself? Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes. This was very, very clear. Let me just say something about the mental health aspect. The trouble with... The mental health aspect is if you could, now I'm a pastor and people will come and will, they emotionally try to blackmail you in different ways. Mental health is a really serious issue. At, at a rough guess, I reckon maybe 50% of us have at some time had suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's much higher than that. It's not just Megan. And we don't get to play the celebrity game and we don't get the interviews with Oprah and who cares? In years, decades of pastoral experience, I cannot think of a single instance where anyone would have been helped by telling all on a TV show. It, it, it's, it's just wrong. We hurt and we need healing. But I think the healing comes from Christ, not from Oprah. When your day is long And the night The night is yours alone
All right, look, let's go on to music that's actually more important. Let's go to Africa, where dozens of people have been killed in Equatorial Guinea. Uh, it appears as though there was a fire in a weapons depot and maybe 20 more people have been injured, a thousand people, sorry, 20 people killed and a thousand people injured. Equatorial Guinea is a tiny West African country of only 1.3 million people. It was a colony of Spain until 1968. It's located south of Cameroon. This is a tragedy for that small country, and let's remember our brothers and sisters there. And then let's go to this country. Um, we'll play the national anthem and see if you can recognize it. Switzerland. I love their national anthem. When the morning skies grow red and o'er their radiance shed, thou, O Lord, appeareth in their light. When the Alps grow bright with splendor, pray, free Swiss, pray, for you feel and understand, you feel and understand that he dwelleth in this land, that he dwelleth in this land. It's very overtly Christian, um, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, is this Christian or not? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't think it is, particularly. But the Swiss have just voted in a referendum to um, ban the burqa, in effect. They, they say it's not about Islam, but of course it was. The posters were about that. The local Muslims are complaining. Uh, but almost no one in Switzerland wears a burqa. Only around 30 women wear the niqab. They say it was about you know, protesters wearing masks and so on. Of course, it's going to be very interesting because people are wearing masks because of uh, covid so we'll watch this space. Uh, I was quite surprised to learn that 5% of Switzerland's population are Muslim, mostly from Turkey, Bosnia and Kosovo. But anyway, we pray that God would dwell in that glorious and beautiful land. All right, here's our old friend Jane Ozan on ITV. You know, in the years on conversion therapy that they've dallied, so many lives will have been traumatised and, dare I say, even lost. As a Conservative herself, she's now quit the party too, believing it's going backwards. I do not want to be associated with a party that presents as being hostile to LGBT people. It's the only thing I can think of doing to try and bring to the attention of the Prime Minister that he needs to intervene now. He needs to understand how the LGBT community view his administration and how scared we are. Tonight, now, what Jaina has done is she's resigned from a government advisory body um, because she says that the government is not moving fast enough on conversion therapy. Now, 
Again, we've come to this question of conversion therapy. What does it mean? I, I thought Jane's wee clip there was interesting because she's saying that people don't understand about transgender and the pushback against transgender. Now, Jane is interesting because as a former evangelical, and I, I do say former, she's no longer evangelical. She no longer follows the Bible. She no longer follows Jesus. But as a former evangelical, she's using all her influence. She's a very good speaker, actually, and using that to push back against Christian teaching on sex and sexuality. And she is somebody who would want us to be prosecuted for teaching what the Bible says. Now, I'm not talking here about conversion therapy. When They use conversion therapy as a catch-all for everything, just like they're doing in Victoria. Well, we should pray about that. Here's a consequence of a society which how will I put it, privileges certain groups and says they have to believe. If a schoolgirl said something, you have to believe her. Really? Because a French schoolgirl has admitted to making up a story about her teacher that resulted in him being beheaded on the street. Samuel Pate, you remember last year, was killed um, because this, this student claimed he asked Muslim students to leave the classroom when he showed cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad during a lesson on freedom of speech. The girl told her father she denied his request and was suspended following her refusal. The girl's father lodged a legal complaint, put an online tirade against Mr. Patty, and he shared the school's address calling for mobilization against the teacher. Days later, Patty was stabbed to death and beheaded on the street by Ab Abdulka Ansarov. But she lied. She admitted she made up the story. So desperately sad. Here's another story. The Archbishop of Canterbury. Now, when I saw the headline on this in the Church Times and elsewhere, Welby condemns Nigerian primate's anti-gay language. And Justin Welby has said about this, that I completely disagree with and condemn this language. It's unacceptable. It dehumanizes those human beings of whom the statement speaks. This language is incompatible with the agreed teaching of the Anglican Communion and so on. And what did he say? Archbishop Ndukuba said this, the deadly virus of homosexuality has infiltrated the Anglican Church in North America. This is likened to a yeast that should be urgently and radically expunged and excised lest it affects the whole dough. Now I think that what Welby has done is taken the most, it's, it's a bit like um, Meghan and Harry's understanding of the comment about the color of the skin of their baby. Which, by the way, can I just say this? Somebody wrote me and said, look, I'm mixed race. And my parents were asked that question. They asked that question. If you're mixed race, that is one thing that you, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're racist. But they took the worst possible interpretation. And the, the press ran with that. Now, I think what the Archbishop has done has taken what... Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury has done about the Archbishop of, of Nigeria has done, is taken this and make the worst possible interpretation of it. I mean, it, it, it's possible that the Archbishop, for example, regarded the teaching about homosexuality and going against the teaching of the Bible, and by the way, the teaching of the Anglican Church against the um, homosexuality, that he's taking that and the Archbishop was taking that and saying, you know, when we go against what the Bible teaches, that is a virus in the church. We need to go against false teaching. 
if he's talking about homosexual people as individuals, then I'm inclined to agree with the Archbishop of Canterbury. But is he doing that? And I want to know how the Archbishop of Canterbury would deal with this. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. That's St. Paul in Romans 1. Does the Archbishop think that that language is acceptable in today's world or in his church? All right, let's come on to the mad world. A um, couple of things. Um, a historian related to Noel Coward is leading a research project to find gay, lesbian and transgender Britons who may have helped in the Industrial Revolution more than 200 years ago. There you go. Of course, that's the point of history, isn't it? Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports, points out, and we I should have mentioned this last week, that six Dr. Zeus books are being cancelled. Actually, with this one, I have a great deal more sympathy for for different reasons. I do think that some of the stereotypes within these books actually would be quite harmful. So, you know, I, I'm much more sympathetic towards that one. I have a whole lot less sympathy with with trying to ban these guys. Well, they say all good things come to an end. What's that got to do with this show? <laughs> I can listen to her sing till the end of time. She doesn't sing that. Not her style. No. Oh, no, no, I mean I could listen to her sing forever. Well, she doesn't sing that either. Why don't you just check yourself into the old fool's home while I still have a bed left? Well, that's easy for you to say. Of course, that is the two old guys, Statler and Waldorf. Um, on the Muppet Show. Now, the Muppet Show has been taken over by Disney on Disney+, Plus, and they've slapped a warning on it. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of peoples or cultures. These stereotypes are wrong then, and they are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Oh, seven dwarfs are going to have a nightmare. Um, <laughs> I mean, Statler and Waldorf, I mean, they've they, they got to be bad guys, haven't they? They're two old white guys for a start in black tie. They are named after prominent hotels. They are exclusive and privileged. Um, their main idea is to throw sarcastic comments on the poor, defenseless performers uh, whilst they mock each other for their own disability. Just everything about them is wrong, and we really do need to be warned against them. Yeah. Just like three-year-olds in Arizona are racist and need to be dealt with, Honestly, I can't even be bothered to go into that story. Or the ABC here in Australia refusing to speak of pregnant women and speaking of pregnant people. Or Columbia College, their graduation ceremonies, multicultural graduation ceremonies. Graduates should register here to attend the Native graduation on Sunday, April 25th, the Lavender graduation, that's LGBTQIA plus community, Monday the 26th, the Asian graduation, Tuesday the 27th, the FLI, that's first generation and or low income community, Tuesday the 27th, the Latinx graduation, that's Thursday the 28th, and the black graduation, Friday the 30th. What were we saying about apartheid? Separate cultural development, what a bad thing it was. Not in today's woke USA. All right. 
Um, the American Empire is going to fall because as the Oprah, Meghan Markle show shows, as what Biden is doing shows, as Yale and Harvard and all the elites, Columbia and others, show it's just fundamentally at its core corrupt. And honestly, my American brothers and sisters, I do pray for you guys. But I was thinking about empires, uh, empires falling. And there's a great podcast that um, Tom Holland and Dominic, a guy called Dominic, I can't remember his second name, do. love listening to it. They had one on empires. And I caught this wee snippet. That we are, you know, in the West, we're the heirs to two great traditions. Um, we're the heir to, you know, we have the Bible. And in the Bible, empires are generally regarded as the baddies. So we've talked about how the Egypt, you know, Pharaoh is a, is the oppressor of the children of Israel. Um, the Assyrians and the Babylonians, um, you know, they they destroy the kingdom of Israel. They destroy the kingdom of Judah. These are idol. Well, that's because they don't have an. Em- it's because they don't yeah, have an empire of their own. Yeah, they're small. They're so, the, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, but but it means that that those scriptures are a powerful influence on our assumption that there is something morally corrupt with empire. And then in the New Testament, you know, Jesus is tortured to death by the apparatus of a great imperial power. And in the book of Revelation, I mean, it's one. Of, I think it's the most influential work of anti-imperial propaganda ever written. The whore of Babylon is an emblem of power to this day. You know, you have, um, you know, Rastafarians will talk about Babylon, London, New York, the great centre, the great metropoles. Um, that idea of the whore of Babylon leeching goods and wealth from the rest of the world is an incredibly powerful image of Roman imperialism and, and, and is one that we still kind of are the heirs of to this day. Now, what struck me about that was in the Bible, empires are the baddies, generally. There's something morally corrupt about them. And the, the statement that he said that the most influential anti-imperial work is the book of Revelation. As I said before, we are the revolutionaries. We are. We are. And this is where I come in. So... I mentioned before, you know, the, the Megan stuff. And when I wrote a piece saying why Christians would struggle with watching, or some Christians would struggle with watching the interview, my primary concern, to be honest, is with the whole celebrity culture thing. And the idea of people who've got $100 million claiming to be victims in some way or other. And the just, just the economic injustice that's in the world and how Christianity challenges that. And I actually think that playing the race card or even the mental health one, which is people just go berserk if you you even question that, I actually think that there's an enormous danger. It does a great deal of harm for people, especially the poor, who are the greatest uh, losers in terms of racism. And they're also the greatest losers in terms of mental health. And that set me thinking about a couple of songs, which I'm going to leave you with. First is this, a great band called The Imagine Village, and this is a song, Hard Times of Old England. For five generations my family have bombed By tractor, by horse and by hull and by hand But that won't see off the bank's latest demand Singing all the hard times of old England in old England, very hard times. 
time was I could sell all I grew at the shop When Tesco's turned up all of that had to stop Now I can't make a living out of my crop Singing all the hard times of old You know, ordinary people are often squeezed out by the elites, the Californian elites, the Hollywood elites, the Harvard and Yale elites, the Oxford, Westminster and Hollywood elites. You know, now, get, please don't get me wrong. As a Christian, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong to belong to one of these elites. But I am saying that in a society that's rejecting Christianity, we are creating more power for the elites and less democracy for the rest. And I think that imagined village, Hard Times of Old England, just describes it, land being bought at people not being able to live. And then this, this is a great protest song from Christy Moore, Ordinary Man. I'm an ordinary man, nothing special, nothing grand. I've had to work for everything I own I never asked for a lot I was happy with what I got Enough to keep my family and my home They say the times are hard And they've handed me my cards They say there's not the work to go around But when the whistle blows The gates will finally close Tonight they're gonna shut this factory down Then they tear it down Okay, I mean, I, I, I strongly suggest you listen to all the lyrics, but you'll get the story. He's got a, such a great, rich voice, and he's so good at communicating a story. Now, I think that God hears the cry of the poor. I think God sees the oppression of the poor. I'm not talking here like some bishop who lives in a palace and using all the jargon and stuff about the poor. I'm talking about reality. Meghan and Harry are two human beings and I want to treat them like that. But as celebrity, royalty, no. I have no interest in them whatsoever. And I regard this absorption and fascination with celebrity as profoundly immoral, actually. But the ordinary man, the ordinary woman, and those who are experiencing real hard times. Yeah, that's who we should be supporting. All right, I'm going to love you and leave you. If you want to support Quantum, then please feel free to go to the Podbean fundraiser. Do value your prayers at this time because uh, being cancelled for an article that has been accused of being racist, which it wasn't at all, it's a, that's, that's going to be a hard thing to bear. And the, the level of abuse from people is really quite astonishing. But no, no, don't feel sorry for me. I'm fine. Um, Let's just be thankful that the Lord stands with us and, a bit, and above all, the Lord is with the poor, with ordinary people. See you next week. It seems to me a cruel irony He's richer now than ever he was before Now my check is spent I can't afford the rent One laugh at the rich, one laugh at the poor Every day I've tried to salvage some of my pride To find some works as I might pay my way Everywhere I go, the 
answers of us, no No work for anyone here today No work today No work today And so can I stand Just an ordinary man Like thousands beside me in the queue I watch me darling wife Trying to make the best of life God knows what the kids are going to do Now we're faced with this human waste A generation cast aside For as long as I live I never will forgive You stripped me of dignity and pride You stripped me back You stripped me back No work today 